All right, open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and I'll be reading verse 6 through 10. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us good news of your faith and love and that you always think kindly of us, longing to see us just as we also long to see you, for this reason, brethren, in all our distress and affliction, we were comforted about you through your faith. For now, we really live if you stand firm in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God for you? in return for all the joy with which we rejoice before our God on your account, as we, night and day, keep praying most earnestly that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. When we think of faith, uh, we are always apt to pass over it too quickly, as if it's an easy thing, as if we we ought to uh, move on to uh, the next thing. When actually, when we think of faith, we should pause and we should think long uh, and hard on it. Faith is not a small thing to Paul because faith is not a small thing to God. Faith is what makes you a Christian. Faith is what makes Christ's life your own. So that to despise faith or to think of it as a a small thing is to uh, deprive God of what is due to him. Because God is, he's served and he's pleased by everything good that is done in faith and every thought that is thought in faith and every word that is spoken in faith, be it ever uh, so small, it uh, pleases God uh, in if it's done in uh, faith. And likewise, no good thing done outside of faith, whether it's done or thought or uh, said, if it's outside of uh, faith, it doesn't serve him. It doesn't please him, even if it's ever so impressive and uh, ever so great. The Thessalonians' faith was strong when they first believed in Christ. In fact, it says uh, in in, uh, this letter, it describes that time, and it says that uh, when they believed, they had much assurance in their faith. And that's what faith is. Faith brings um, uh, assurance. So when they first uh, believed, uh, 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5, our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with much assurance, with much assurance. So that's how they started out with their uh, faith. They had much assurance. They had strong uh, faith. And uh, they were believing, as it says in uh, a couple of verses later, when they when they turned to God from idols, to serve a living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. That is Jesus who rescues us from the wrath to come. So they believed with much assurance and they were waiting for Christ to come, knowing that when he came, there'd be no wrath for him. He was raised from the dead to rescue us, to rescue them from uh, the wrath uh, to come. And in the strength of that strong assurance, the Thessalonian church, although it was a new church, quickly became a model church in Macedonia and in Achaia and uh, beyond. But then doubt set in, and their faith started to lose assurance. Their faith started to become shaky. They started to shake, as it says elsewhere in scripture, like the trees in the forest shake in uh, the wind. What were the Thessalonians measuring themselves by when they began fearing that when Christ returned with his wrath poured out, <laughs> that some of it might be poured out upon them? 
had they lost sight of faith uh, and had something else come between them and a gracious God besides faith and their assurance started to um, decline. So then instead of much assurance, they started to have small assurance. They lost sight of faith, meaning that they lost sight of Christ, who says, let it be done to you according to your faith. He said that as he healed uh, 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 people. So the uh, Thessalonians, their faith began to weaken as they, they first believed in Christ with a flood of much assurance uh, and uh, uh, all the power that was wrought by that uh, assurance. And then their assurance began to flag and doubts began to set in. I know God is gracious to some, but is he really gracious to me? They began uh, to say, and so their faith became uh, shaky. Later in this letter, uh, like when we get to uh, chapter four of this letter, Paul's going to talk about adding works to faith. And so he's going to talk about several areas. He's going to start out talking about sexual purity uh, and then uh, love that they might excel in it even uh, still more. And then he's going to straighten them out about the end times because they had some uh, problems with that uh, as well. But Paul knew that all of that would mean nothing apart from faith, apart from faith, and apart from the assurance of faith to give them the power to add those things to their faith. And so Chapters 1 through 3 of Thessalonians is really designed to shore up the Thessalonians' faith so that they might have much assurance again and tackle those things, purity, love, uh, all of the the uh, coming end times with uh, the full assurance that they had uh, before. And so uh, after the first three chapters, which uh, really speak of shoring up their faith, you find the word at the beginning of chapter 4, finally then, for the rest because he's talking about faith first and the importance of uh, faith and uh, assurance. And then for the rest, it's adding to uh, faith. He knows that this is uh, the most important thing and all good works come through faith, come through assurance uh, that Christ is yours and that you uh, belong to him and that there's no wrath because of because you're trusting in him. So that's what the first three chapters are about. That's where we are in the passage uh, that I read. And in the first three chapters of uh, Thessalonians, Paul, and he's writing along with Silas and along with Timothy, his two um, partners in this uh, missionary journey, he's very effusive about his love for the Thessalonians in uh, a number of places. He keeps coming back to it. He illustrates it and he asserts it uh, over and over again. And uh, most commentaries, I have to say this because I've, I've been uh, studying this epistle, and I, I think I'm safe to say that most commentaries uh, believe that Paul's doing this to compensate for some criticism that uh, had come, maybe concerning the way he left uh, uh, Thessalonica kind of suddenly because of a, a mob, uh, came some criticism of, well, Paul and uh, Silas and Timothy, they don't really love you. They're fickle. They, they don't love you as much as they uh, think they do. And so most commentaries will say, well, Paul's writing a defense here of his uh, apostolic ministry and especially of a, a defense of his love because some of that criticism crept into the church and they started being a little bit suspicious of Paul and Silas uh, and Timothy as well. And so that's why Paul says in a, a number of ways in these three chapters, we love you uh, in order to uh, allay their uh, suspicions. Well, I disagree with that. It's full disclosure since I, I, I don't uh, like to disagree with uh, most commentaries. It's not all commentaries. 
but others think, and I think this is the correct reason why Paul uh, speaks so much about his love for them. I think his point is, we love you and so does God. You've forgotten that. Your, your, your faith and your assurance in God's love for you has begun to flag. And so I think it's not so much to uh, counter suspicions of Paul's motives that have crept in. Uh, I, I don't think that happened in uh, the church in Thessalonica, but it's rather to point from the love of the gospel ministers to God's love above them. We love you. How much more also God loves you. That's what you need to believe. And you need to uh, have full assurance of that again before you start talking about adding to your uh, faith. So let me show you just a, a few uh, points in this chapter where Paul does that. Uh, he writes to them, uh, chapter 1, verse 4, he says how he prays for them and thanks God for them, knowing, brethren, beloved by God. He's reminding them of God's love. Knowing, brethren, beloved by God, his choice of you. Paul's sure of it, even if they they can't see uh, their own uh, assurance of uh, salvation. And then in chapter 2, and verse 8, Paul says, Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you would become very dear to us. And he actually uses the same word that he used for God. You become beloved to us. We pray for you, knowing that you're beloved of God. And actually, when we think about it, you became beloved of us, too. It's the same. And so Paul's using his love uh, for them as um, uh, an, indi- an indicator of God's love uh, for them as well. He points out to them, God sent us to you. When we spoke to you, the gospel, the good news to you, God was speaking through us. And that's how you took it, not as the word of men, but for what it really is, for um, the word of uh, God. Uh, when Paul's speaking of his love for them, he uses this word, our own. Our own, he uses it in a number of ways. Uh, chapter 2, verse 7, We prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own. Children, the ones that belong to her, especially. And then in verse uh, 8 of chapter 2, uh, having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but our own lives We want because of our love for you. And then verse 11, just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children. And so that's how they thought of the Thessalonians as their own, like a mother and a father uh, think of their own uh, children. And then he, he used that same word to speak of God so that we, you would walk worthy in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. You know, we're thinking of you as a father, tenderly as a mother, giving our own lives to you. So is our father. So is God. He's calling you into his own kingdom uh, as well. And then they speak of, uh, in chapter 2, verse 19, they assure him, for who is our hope or our crown of exaltation? Is it not even you in the presence of the Lord Jesus at his coming? For you are our glory and our joy. And so he says, you all are our boast. And when Christ returns, and we're standing right in the presence of Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, at that moment, you're also going to be our boast and our joy right in front of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so our attitude towards you of love is also God's uh, attitude uh, towards you as well. He says, uh, we sent Timothy to you, chapter 3, verse 2, our brother and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ. And so Timothy was helpful in giving the gospel to you. And guess what? As he's doing that, he's working with God. God is the one working uh, with Timothy as well. And so in all these ways, I think Paul's using himself and uh, his fellow workers, his love for uh, the Thessalonians, especially in these first three chapters, to really shore up their faith in God's love for them, that it's real and that it's truly for uh, them. 
Well, in our passage, verses uh, chapter 3, verses 6 through 10, three times Paul mentions the word faith. And each mention celebrates faith in its own way. And I think we should too. So this morning, would you celebrate faith with me by looking at these three uh, mentions of faith? And the first is found in verse uh, 6. The first is found in uh, verse 6. It's mentioned in this way, that the Thessalonians' faith is what Timothy reported on. The Thessalonians' faith is what Timothy reported on. That's the first mention of faith. So verse 6. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us good news of your faith and love, and that you always think kindly of us, longing to see us just as we long to see you. Well, Paul's writing this letter. He's sitting down to write this letter. And as he comes to this verse, verse 6, he goes from describing the past to describing the present. So in verses 1 through 5, he describes sending Timothy to the church back in Thessalonica as Paul was going along on his uh, missionary journey at some point along the way, probably in the months previously, he had sent Timothy back to the church in uh, Thessalonica. And um, Timothy had just arrived back with the report. And, and now Paul sits down to write uh, to them. And so Paul's bringing them up to the present by saying, now Timothy has come to us from uh, you. Now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us good news of your faith and love. There's the first mention of the word uh, faith. And uh, it's brought in, it's brought in in an interesting way with an interesting word. Uh, Timothy has brought us good news of your faith and love. And uh, Paul uses here a familiar word, a familiar word to us Christians in an unfamiliar way. And it's the word evangelize. It's the word to give good news, uh, to, to uh, proclaim good news. Timothy has brought good news. He's evangelized, but not in the, not the gospel, like we're used to thinking of uh, evangelism, not that specific sense, but a more generic sense of the word. He's brought us a good report. And uh, Paul uses this uh, term. It's, it's actually the word uh, evangelized. Uh, he uses it, um, I think, probably um, to bring up, to kind of ring that bell, to say how important this report was to him. It was like hearing good news. It was like hearing the gospel uh, itself. Uh, this uh, good news uh, that Timothy brought uh, to us. Also, perhaps he uh, used this word to remind the Thessalonians of what the gospel is. It's good news. It's good news that is to be uh, believed. So uh, he says, Timothy has come back to us and he's reported good news to us. And what is it? It's of your faith and your love. He mentions both. He mentions both. This is what Timothy saw when he went to back to the church in Thessalonica. Faith and love. Uh, you can't see faith as as well as you can see love. Um, and so probably love is what Timothy saw first when he came back and he checked on them to see how the church uh, was doing. And Probably one of the first things he noticed is that they love each other. And so uh, he came back and gave a report of uh, love. Uh, but he saw that they loved one another and that they're still believing. They're still believing in the gospel, and that's where their love uh, comes from. And so as he gives this report of faith and love, I think it's no accident that he puts faith first. He came back and gave us good news, not just that you love each other and you've forgotten about uh, your faith at all, 
but uh, of your faith and your love. And he puts faith in the first place in a place of uh, prominence. Timothy found out, yes, their faith was still there. Lacking in full assurance, yes, that's what had set in in uh, Thessalonica. And it's seen especially when they looked at the Lord's return and kind of cringed instead of instead of uh, something to welcome and uh, rejoice in. It was something that caused them fear and uh, uh, difficulty. And so the faith was lacking in the full assurance that it once had when they first uh, received uh, Christ. It wasn't much assurance. It wasn't full assurance, but it was still there. Their flame of faith had dwindled to a flicker, but it was still burning. And it was still burning even after they had suffered uh, adversity. And that's good news. And that's worth celebrating for Paul. So Timothy brings back a report. Yes, they still have faith uh, and love. And Paul says that's not just uh, news, it's good news. It's good news. And it's something that uh, uh, Timothy evangelized, so to speak, uh, to us. He's brought good news of your faith and love, even this in your love, that you always think kindly of us, longing to see us just as we also long to see you. Um, now, I don't want to hit on a hobby horse uh, here, but it doesn't sound like anybody at in the Thessalonian church had grown suspicious of Paul and Silas and Timothy because the report was of their faith and love that they're um, uh, always, not just some of the time, but always thinking kindly of them. And so I don't think that uh, they were suspicious of Paul and Silas and Timothy in any way. I don't think that's why they keep on repeating to them that they love them. Uh, it's not uh, to meet their and uh, oppose their uh, suspicions uh, but it's for uh, another reason, and that's seen even in this um, uh, uh, report. It was to reassure their um, uh, uh, faith. But uh, this is a this is a, a evidence of their faith and uh, love. The way they thought about Paul and Silas and Timothy—that they're always thinking kindly of us and longing to see us, just as we long to see you. One commentator said this: uh, loving remembrance of faithful former teachers is a fair evidence of Christian character. And it certainly was for the Thessalonians. They remembered those who had taught them uh, the word of God. They thought well of them, and uh, they longed to see them again. The author of Hebrews uh, agrees, Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the end of their conduct, imitate their uh, faith. So uh, Paul Timothy brought back a report of their faith and love and even their love for uh, Paul and Silas and Timothy. And it was a two-way street. You're longing to see us just as we also are longing uh, to see you. And so Paul didn't uh, miss an opportunity to reassure them again of the um, his love and his uh, fellow workers' uh, love for uh, the Thessalonians uh, as well reminding of their love and of God's love through them uh, as well. So in our passage, three times it mentions faith. Each mention celebrates faith in its own way. The first mention we find in uh, verse 6, that the Thessalonians' faith is what Timothy reported on. He included it in his uh, report. He included it in a prominent place, the first in the, the head of the report of the good news that he found when he went back to check on the church in um, Thessalonica. The second mention of faith comes in verse uh, 7 and 8. And uh, it's this. It's the Thessalonians' faith that encouraged Paul. It's 
the Thessalonians' faith that encouraged Paul. Verse 7 and 8. For this reason, brethren, in all our distress and affliction, we were comforted about you through your faith. For now we really live if you stand firm in the Lord. Paul says, when we heard the report, we were greatly comforted in all of our distress and uh, afflictions about you through your faith, through your faith. Interesting. He hears a report about their faith and love, and he's comforted about them through their faith. He, he, he speaks of one thing through their faith. You might think he would hear about their faith and love and be comforted about them through their love. Say, well, that really made us feel good that you all still love us. It's very gratifying to be loved uh, by those uh, who we've ministered to before. No, he hears the report that Timothy brings of their faith and their love, and he says, we're greatly encouraged, we're comforted through your faith, through hearing about your uh, faith. In fact, that's what he sent Timothy to check on and to strengthen, uh, and that's from the passage before that we looked at. It talks about why he sent uh, Timothy uh, verse two, we sent Timothy, our brother and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith. So that was the, that was the target is their faith for Timothy. And then he talks about again, why he sent Timothy verse five for this reason, when I could endure it no longer, I also sent to find out about your faith for fear that the tempter might've tempted you and our labor might be in vain. So he hears this report, faith and love. And he says, uh, uh, we were greatly encouraged by your uh, faith. Whatever your problems are, and they had problems at this church, even though it was still a, really a model uh, church, your answer is here. Your answer is found here in your faith. So when we heard about your faith, yeah, you're still believing. That's what uh, great, gave us great uh, comfort. The word uh, comfort that's used for this reason, brethren, in all our distress and, affri- and affliction, we were comforted about you through our faith. It's the word paraclete. You might know that word. The Holy Spirit is called this, the comforter, or um, uh, the paraclete, the helper. Um, the translation comfort, that word, it's probably a little too sentimental and a little too weak for what the word actually means, for what the word actually should convey. When you think of comfort, you might think of a comfortable blanket or something like that. It means it means more than that. It's more the original meaning of the, the English word, comfort, means with strength, forte, comfort, uh, with uh, strength. And um, in, in Scripture, in the New Testament, this uh, comfort, it, it means, uh, it probably can be translated as something more like encourage. Fill with courage, fill with strength, fill with a, a sense of strength. And so Paul heard about their faith. That was key for him as he hears that uh, key word in Timothy's uh, report. And he said, it brought us comfort even in all of our distresses and afflictions about you through our uh, faith. Proverbs uh, talks about uh, hearing good news. That's what Timothy brought from a, a faraway land. Uh, bringing comfort, bringing strength to someone in a couple of real memorable uh, Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse uh, 25. Like cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a distant land. And then another one uh, is highlighted in the Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 15 and uh, verse 30. Bright eyes gladden the heart and good news puts fat on the bones. And uh, good news from Timothy about the Thessalonians' faith put fat on the bones for uh, Paul. 
and was uh, life-giving for him. It said, uh, no man is an island. Every man is a piece of the continent. Or to use scripture, like Abigail said to David when she knew he was uh, anointed to be the rightful king, that her life was bound up in a bundle with his uh, as well. And how much more in Christ are we connected and united so that one person's faith encourages, fills another with strength uh, in, in, uh, in, in that way? You might uh, have thought, uh, well, my hospitality encourages others or my love encourages others. And that's certainly true. But if you thought your faith is an encouragement to others, that's that's the case here with uh, the Thessalonians. Their faith was a, a great encouragement to uh, to the Apostle Paul. Paul was, I think it's fair to say, um, a sensitive person, meaning Paul was not a missions and evangelism machine. Um, he had feelings, and he, and he speaks of his feelings here. You could hurt Paul if you were one of his converts. You could hurt his ministry. You could become a hindrance to his ministry and become a hindrance even to the progress of the gospel uh, through him. And vice versa, you could be a help to him and a help even by continuing in the faith. And that's true of uh, us uh, as well in uh, one another. So it's the uh, Thessalonians' faith that was a comfort to Paul, even though at the time that he wrote this letter, he was in the midst of uh, difficulties and uh, temptations. In all our distress and, tempt- and affliction, we were comforted about you through your faith. Uh, you can look at the difference in Paul, a contrast. Uh, another time in his ministry, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, is actually a, a, a different missionary journey. It's going to be at a future time. But you can see this in Paul, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse uh, 11 uh, or 12. When I came to Troas for the gospel of Christ and when a door was opened to me in the Lord, I had no rest for my spirit. Not finding Titus, my brother, but taking my leave of them, I went on to Macedonia. And he's talking about a similar situation. Uh, another church he was checking on, this one he had big problems with, in uh, Corinth. And so he comes to a new city and there's an open door for the gospel and he doesn't take it because he's so concerned about the the uh, believers in Corinth. Uh, in this case, that he bypasses all of that uh, ministry. He has no rest in his spirit. He, he wants to hear about uh, these uh, fellow believers uh, and their their faith. And so he goes to meet Titus, who's, who's bearing a report uh, about them. Uh, by contrast, you can see uh, in this situation, and you can read about it even in Acts chapter 18 and uh, verse 15, how this report filled Paul with strength. Filled Paul with uh, encouragement for uh, ministry. Acts chapter 18, verse 5, it's mentioned almost just in passing. Uh, Paul's in Corinth when he writes this letter back to the Thessalonians. Acts 18, verse 5, this is kind of the exact moment. But when Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul began devoting himself completely to the word, solemnly testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. And so Timothy came back with this good news and it invigorated Paul for more ministry. It gave him a, a sense of focus uh, to uh, uh, keep going in uh, ministry. And that's what he uh, describes uh, here. For this reason, in all our distress and affliction, we were comforted about you through your uh, faith. And he wanted them to know. He wanted them uh, to know that. And so when he got this report, he sat down and he wrote this letter right away when his heart was uh, overflowing with joy. 
if he hadn't written right away, the letter wouldn't be the same letter, wouldn't be overflowing with that glow of uh, the same joy that Paul finds. In fact, uh, one commentator draws the moral from this that we should guard against procrastination as a sin. And when your heart prompts you to uh, write a letter to someone, a letter of encouragement uh, or, or of condolence uh, to them, you should do it now. And don't do it when uh, what you're thinking about becomes just a memory uh, to you. So uh, there's a, a connection. Faith uh, encourages others and encourages others uh, for uh, ministry. It's why when Satan seeks to harm us and extinguish our faith, he seeks to divide us against each other and persecution uh, when it's come in the Christian, uh, in the church, in uh, church history. It often comes not persecuting for our faith overtly for being uh, Christians, but uh, persecuting Christians for being wrongdoers in some way, in a way that divides uh, the church and causes the church to side against them, it, itself if it falls into the um, uh, the trap of Satan. And so we're not to be ignorant of his devices, but we're to be wise to them, understanding how even just our faith affects uh, others. So uh, our faith uh, affects uh, others, and Paul uh, puts puts this encouragement that came uh, from hearing of the Thessalonians' uh, faith in a very vivid way here. We were comforted about you through your faith, for now we live if you stand firm in uh, in, in the Lord. And so um, Paul um, spoke of uh, what he was feeling before he heard this report as kind of a lifelessness or kind of a, even a death. And uh, when it came, he says, now after we hear this report from Timothy, we hear the report about your faith. Uh, we don't just exist, but we really live. We really feel alive uh, because uh, of this. If you stand firm in the Lord. And that's what uh, the, the report of uh, their faith told Paul. They're standing firm in the Lord because they have faith uh, at all. Their faith has persisted in uh, this trial. Uh, faith connects us to Christ alone. And uh, so to celebrate Faith is really to celebrate Christ. Paul was confident of them, confident that they would continue to stand, not because he was so confident about the strength, their strength, or even the strength of their faith, but because he was confident in Christ and in Christ's uh, strength towards them. And uh, the report of their faith uh, told Paul that he, they were standing firmly on the firm foundation of Christ the Lord, meaning the one with all authority to save and uh, with all uh, power. And so Paul celebrated the faith that he heard about in this uh, report. And uh, in celebrating their faith, he's really celebrating Christ and the power of Christ because it's their faith that connects them to the power of uh, Christ. Well, three times in this passage, we've said Paul mentions uh, faith. Each mention celebrates faith in its own way. The first mentions in verse six, faith is what Timothy reported on. The second mention is uh, verse 7 and 8, the Thessalonians' faith is what encouraged Paul. And uh, the third mention comes in verse 9 and 10, and that is that the Thessalonians' faith is what Paul longed to strengthen. Thessalonians' faith is what Paul longed to strengthen, verse 9 and 10. For what thanks can we render to God for you in return for all the joy with which we rejoice before our God on your account? As we night and day keep praying most earnestly, that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. 
Paul says, we felt alive again after hearing about your faith and, and, uh, Paul's new lease on life, his new sense of being alive expressed itself in prayer, expressed itself, uh, in thanksgiving and prayer towards God on, uh, their behalf. And so he, uh, speaks of his prayer, uh, for them, both in thanksgiving and also in, uh, request. And, uh, he speaks of both of those about deep emotion in thanking the Lord for them and also in praying uh, for them. And so he says, For what thanks can we render to God for you in return for all the joy with which we rejoice before God on your account? And so it's almost like a question or an exclamation. What thanks, what thanks can we render to God for you? We're so thankful for you, we're at a loss to express it. It's like a debt that we can never pay back uh, to God. What thanks? Can we render to God for you in return for all the joy with which we rejoice before God on your uh, behalf? And so it filled him with thanksgiving and then also with a new prayer, a new sense of urgency for them in prayer. As we night and day, after hearing this report, keep praying most earnestly, and that speaks of his fervency as well, uh, pray uh, uh, beyond abundantly is what he's saying. Uh, we pray uh, most earnestly that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. There's the third mention. He's praying for them. It, this uh, report fills them with joy, fills them with life, and fills them with prayer. And the prayer for them is about their faith, that he would fulfill what is lacking in uh, their uh, faith. Paul knew uh, there was only so much he could minister to them by way of letter. Of course, we're glad that he did. Satan hindered him from uh, coming to the Thessalonians and the, this letter that we benefit from uh, results uh, from that. But he longed to minister to them in person. He says that. He knew there was limits that came uh, to uh, speaking to them uh, by letter. And so he says, we night and day keep praying most earnestly that we may see your face in person, be restored uh, to you and may complete what is lacking in your faith. That's what we really want to do when we get there is we want to help you with your faith. We want to help restore that assurance that you must uh, that you once had. The word that he uses here for complete, may complete what is lacking in your faith, is a word that's used to set a broken bone. It's to restore something to its former condition, which is what happens when you break a bone and uh, it gets set. It's also used uh, in scripture in, uh, in a number of places where you'll remember um, where the disciples are mending their nets. And there's a number of time when the disciples are called, um, they're uh, mending their nets. And I think elsewhere as well in scripture. And it's because they're out fishing, using their nets out in the sea. It's getting snagged on all kinds of things. And so part of their task is to try to restore those nets to their original condition. And so they're mending it in that way. And that's what Paul wants to do for uh, the faith of uh, the Thessalonians. May complete what is lacking, the shortcomings, the deficiencies, uh, the defects we want, I want to see you to restore your faith to its former condition when it had full assurance, when the gospel was first received and you were sure that Christ saves you from wrath. You look forward to Christ's return with confidence, knowing that uh, Christ was coming as a savior to you, as a friend uh, to you. And so uh, you weren't looking uh, forward to it with fear. We're longing uh, to uh, complete what's lacking in your faith. So it's interesting, again, Paul's encouraged by their faith, and when he thinks about their church, that's what he's longing to restore. 
You can think about that for uh, the church as Paul thinks about them and prays for them. He says, I want us to come and see you so I can complete what's lacking in your outreach or leadership or love or uh, peace or unity. Or you can think of a million good things uh, that he could have said uh, here. But what he says about them is uh, what's really going to help you is if we complete what is lacking in your uh, faith. You're not as sure of Christ as you should be. You're not as confident that his grace really is for you as you should be. And so we're longing to come to you. In fact, we're praying about it uh, to come and uh, uh, come and complete, restore to its former condition what's lacking, what's weak in your faith. Paul here is a little bit like his master, the Lord Jesus Christ, who in many situations rebuked his disciples and uh, in situations where it seemed to an observer like they're lacking in courage or a desire for holiness or commitment or worship or love uh, for him. And he would always rebuke them. Oh, you have little faith. And also zero in on that uh, uh, faith. And then he performed miracles in front of them and often in a way to emphasize faith, saying to those that were healed, let it be done to you according to your faith, because this is where uh, the power uh, comes from. And so as Paul um thinks of uh, the Thessalonians, he's, he's rejoicing beyond measure that their faith even still exists and he's longing to come and complete what is lacking in their faith. We began the message uh, this morning by pointing out how apt we are to overlook faith, pass over it too quickly, to think of the Christian life and say, well, faith, yo, okay, I got that figured out. Let's, let's move on to some of the more uh, challenging parts of uh, the Christian life. This passage is a report of a report. It's uh, the report of what Timothy's report did when it came uh, to Paul. And so Paul gives the Thessalonians uh, a report of what Timothy's report was. It's a report of their faith and love and the effect that it had uh, upon uh, uh, Paul. It caused him to rejoice in their faith and it caused him to pray uh, about their faith. Paul celebrated faith. He did it in this report of a report about uh, Timothy's report on the Thessalonians. Paul celebrated faith because faith celebrates Christ. And so Paul celebrated faith in this uh, uh, paragraph uniquely, like he didn't celebrate any, anything else, because faith celebrates Christ uniquely. Faith puts Christ on display uniquely like nothing else does. It does it alone. You will celebrate faith to the extent that you celebrate Christ. So do you want more power in the Christian life, more freedom, more joy, more peace, more purity, more love? Then pause and linger long over faith. Work on it in trusting in Christ. What he says to you is true. Martin Luther said, if you really believe that Christ is yours, you'd stand on your head for joy. Uh, pointing out uh, how quickly people pass over faith, think they've got it, and when they don't, when they don't have it, to linger long uh, over faith, to work at it, to trust him, that what he says to you is true. When he says to you, my son, your sins are forgiven, or my daughter, your sins are forgiven. So that when I come again with wrath outpoured, there's going to be none for you. Or when he says to you, my body is for you. My life is yours. 
so that the life of love that I give without measure uh, to others is yours, not so you can parcel out your love uh, to others, but that, so that you can give like a fountain that's uh, overflowing like a hilarious uh, giver, like Christ uh, gives, like an overflowing uh, a fountain. It's yours because you're mine and I'm yours and you should believe this uh, by faith. And so linger long over faith and uh, uh, work, at, work at it. Trusting Christ, trusting Christ with strong faith, and then learn to trust him more. Learn to trust him more. Learn, learn uh, uh, for, your, for your faith to be even uh, stronger. If you've never trusted in Christ as your Savior, and you're uh, hearing my voice today, then the message for you that Scripture says about you is that you are so sinful before God that even the best things that you do deserve God's wrath forever and are probably the things that are keeping you from him. Don't add sin to sin by thinking that Christ's grace doesn't extend and doesn't reach all the way to you in the midst of your sin. His grace is for sinners, for hopeless sinners. In fact, it would not be grace unless it reached to uh, hopeless sinners. And so trust in his grace for the first time. If you are uh, not saved, don't bring anything to him. Don't bring any worthiness to him uh, of your own, but trust completely in Christ. Uh, and you'll find, as the scripture says about Christ, I've laid a stone, a cornerstone in Zion, a precious uh, cornerstone in the sight of God, and he who believes in him will not be put to shame. Let's pray. Dear Father, we pray that you'd strengthen our faith. Our prayer to you is like uh, the man who said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And so, Father, we pray that we might um, linger long over faith, that your Holy Spirit would teach us to trust in Christ. And however much we're trusting in Christ now, to trust him more. We pray that we might take Christ at his word, at his gospel word, that the gospel message we would understand not to be the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, offering your grace, your love, your power, for us, uh, for free, to hopeless sinners. And so we pray that the assurance we had when we first turned to you, when we abandoned all trust in ourselves, came to the end of ourselves and trusted in you, might also, that full assurance might characterize us as we grow uh, in all of these uh, virtues uh, of Christ that are ours by this same uh, faith. So we pray that you would complete, restore the things that are lacking uh, in our faith, that we might uh, stand firm, even in, in uh, difficult times, in the power of Christ. We pray in his name. Amen.